me, Jay, and I'm with my girl, Nina, and welcome back to the No Stylist Left Behind podcast. We could not do this wonderful podcast without our wonderful sponsors at Oligo Professional, so make sure to check out our new website, oligopro.com. Hey, Nene, I love you. Hey, boo. I love you. I'm so excited about our guest today. Listen, it's Friday. We have a guest and I feel like we just need to don't stop. Get it, get it right into it. <laughs> well, you know, I'm always ready. I'm ready okay. to go. So I am fired up to introduce to the No Stylist Left Behind podcast fam that we have someone who's been in my life for two years, maybe a little bit more. Um, my whole journey with Oligo has basically been with this phenomenal woman. She is Christina Vicentine, and she is the social media specialist at Oligo Professional, and she's behind the Instagram at Oligo Pro, and she does a lot more, and we're going to get into it. So welcome to one of my closest friends and colleagues, Christina, to the podcast. Yay. Thank you so much, Janine. I'm honored to be here today. We're so excited to have you. I mean, we get we get to chat with you more on like a regular basis, so we already love you so much, but it's going to be so awesome for you to be introduced to our audience and just people who maybe are curious who is behind the Oligo page on Instagram, who is doing all those big things, who is answering all those DMs and really just showing up every single day. You have a story, you have been, you know, you've been through some things, you know, when it comes to your business and how you ended up with Oligo. So I'm really excited to kind of dive into all of that. So why don't you just tell us a little bit about, and we'll dive deeper in a few, but tell us a little bit about how you, just where you started and then how you ended up at Oligo. Absolutely. I mean, I think from day one, I've always been someone who was very ambitious. And, you know, I kind of because of that, it was a blessing, but also I didn't know what career path I wanted to take. And so what what I realized over the times is I truly, truly kind of just tested everything out until I figured out exactly what I wanted to do. And that's how I realized I really wanted to do something more creative and in the fashion industry. And so that's kind of why um, I work for Oligo Professionals within the beauty. It, it incorporates so many things I'm passionate for, and I can't wait to dig deeper as to how I got here. Ooh. Yes. And I seriously, so like whenever you were in college, right, did, how was that navigation for you? Like, did you always choose marketing? Did you always choose like that creative side? I think from like a very young age, I always had a creative aspect to me. Like I was always the first one finger painting and I was always the one who wanted to like paint on the walls. My mom's like, absolutely not, you know? Um, but the truth is, is I took that creativity away from myself when I got into college and, and university because I kind of put myself in this box that being creative wasn't intelligent. And it's something that I deeply, you know, regret, but I'm happy that I realized was not the case for a very, very big, large part of my career. Um, and, you know, in college, I kind of just decided to take the safe route. Um, and I decided to major in finance and minor in accounting, um, even though that's completely against what makes me happy as a person. 
I was like, oh, I'm really good with numbers and it's the safe route. And who cares about this like creativity that I have? You know, I could use it down the line for other things, right? And so as a result, you know, I ended up hating what I was studying for quite a bit of time. Mm. And, and I did that because I wanted people to look at me like I was intelligent. And I realized like, Christina, you're intelligent no matter what you put your mind to. And if you think you're intelligent, that's enough. So yeah. there was a lot of discrepancy there in college where, you know, as a woman, especially, you know, oh, another woman who wants to do something creative or another woman who wants to go into marketing, like, duh. And I kind of was trying to be not like the status quo, I suppose, but I shouldn't have cared at the beginning. I should have just done what my, like what fueled me as a person. Yes. I love it. And here's the thing. Yeah. So you and I had a conversation a few days ago and, you know, obviously we chat before we're going to do this podcast. And what I found so fascinating is that because you're so open and, and willing to share and vulnerable that, and you kind of dipped on it a little bit, but you chose finance because you wanted people to think you were successful or to think that you were intelligent. And just let's dive into that a little bit deeper. Did that pressure come from somewhere? Did that come from your home? Did it come from just yourself? And then where did you have the point where you're like, hmm, I don't think this is for me. Like I'm going to start doing things for me and making choices for myself. So kind of walk us through that a little bit. Absolutely. Um, you know, I think in general, societal pressures are a huge thing. I, I was always quite a study so I like to call myself a study nerd and I always was, <laughs> I was a perfectionist at heart. And I think I constantly was my own sort of pressure point because I, I always wanted to do better and I wanted to be the top of the top. And I wanted to, I wanted to, you know, start my own, maybe start my own business one day. And I was like, how can I do that if, I, if I'm just following a creative path, you know, I come from a background where my, my parents, well, my father's in finance as well. And I, I, he's a very successful person. And I naturally just associated that with success. I mean, my parents were always supportive of anything I did. So it really didn't come from there, but I just kind of wanted to be, you know, successful into what society told me success was, mm -hmm. you know, even like your everyday peers, you don't think it happens in your twenties. But it does. People are like, oh, you took the easy way out to get a business degree. And that would make me feel insecure. I, but I was at that moment when I, I told myself, why do I care about what these people think about my career path, my okay. future? <laughs> like, it's mine. And if, 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 you're, if you're so willing to make an assumption, you know, that kind of was my turning point because I was sad. I wasn't happy. I was, honestly, my mental health took an extreme toll when I was studying the things I didn't like. And for who? Because I wasn't getting pressure from my family. I wasn't getting pressure from my friends. Who was, like, why was I doing this? And I was doing it because I cared about what people would have saw me as if I decided to switch. Mm. And I saw myself as a failure. And I said, why is studying something I love considered a failure? And I really had to sit down and ask myself that. And, wow. you know, I will say like when, when I switched into the courses I wanted to go into my, like my grades got so much better. I was like thriving. I got the internships I wanted because I loved it and I was passionate about it. And I, it almost like gave me the confidence I needed that if someone were to be like, Oh, you took the easy way out. 
I would have been like, I'm sorry, are you studying something you don't want to study? Because let's sit down and have that conversation. Let me instead influence you to make something that makes you happy. Mm. You know, so wow. that's, yeah. <laughs> I'm fired up and I feel like that's more of reality that yeah. a lot of us go through that we find ourselves feeling like society is dictating our every move. But the moment you truly commit to your passion and the way you want to navigate your life, you'll only be successful and you'll show up. And do y'all agree with me on this? You'll show up when it's hard because you want to do it. 100%. When it was hard before and I didn't like it, I didn't want to put my 100 what you're studying or what you're working in those long hours don't even feel like long hours Same. like you enjoy it and I'm very grateful to have discovered that quite young in my life yes mm. I love that so I want to talk a little bit about you know the the route you were going before you did all ago what was the triggering point that allowed you to kind of shift and adapt and evolve into your oligo position and then move more into the creative space. And a side note, everyone needs to follow Christina because she is the most phenomenal artist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you're, I hype you up because you're phenomenal. So what would you say was the triggering point for you to kind of wake up and be like, oh, I need more of a creative space. And how did you get into that? So I have this saying that I live by and it's life is going to give you the same lesson until you learn. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a really, it's a really big lesson because you may have thought to a certain extent that you, that, you know, you, the lesson that was given to you the first time you're like, Oh no, I got this, but it's not. And I'm the perfect example. So, you know, my first, my first lesson was, okay, I'm studying something I don't want to study. So then what I, what did I do? I studied the right thing that I wanted to study. But then, you know, life tested me again when it came to my first job. You know, I, I, I went to a very competitive school and everyone worked, if you were in marketing, you were a consultant. If you were in marketing, like you worked for the top five firms, which is great, but it didn't fit my character and it didn't fit who, again, who I was. I wanted to be on the creative side of things, the development side of things. And I was very much not. And so I worked close to two years in something that drained me because it wasn't again fueling my passion but i did it because of multiple reasons because that's what society told me to do society said get the good job get the high paying job get the job that you know everyone tells you to get once you get your degree and i was for like the first couple months soup of course I, i'm someone who puts my 120 percent in everything that i do but i wasn't happy i was honestly i just I didn't feel passionate. And even for the employer, I'm sure that they want someone who's just as passionate about the business that they work yeah. in. Yeah. And it was really hard because you connect with people and, you know, and, and you learn a lot about the, the culture of certain places. If you want to work somewhere that's more corporate, you want to work somewhere that's more family based. And I feel even in the salon world, it's very similar um, and you know, and eventually you ask yourself, am I going to go solo? Am I going to start my own business? You know, and that's even, that's a not, another step but another lesson. And for me, my breaking point was the fact that, again, I just wasn't happy. And 
I wasn't motivated and I want, I knew it wasn't feeding the creativity that as a person I need in my life. Yeah. Wow. Well, I think the word too is being fulfilled. You know, I think a lot of people go through life and they may feel like somewhat happy, but is it really fulfilling you in, in a deeper way where you feel like, wow, I'm truly living my passion and I am feeling filled up from what I'm doing every single day. So I want to kind of switch gears a little bit and talk about, because I know this is a thing in our industry and and it, it's just, it constantly is. And I see it often, but it is the comparison from you know, one stylist to the next stylist or one salon owner to the next salon owner. And it's that comparative mindset or, you know, well, they went through this and they did it this quickly, or they went and now they're a senior stylist at this point and I'm not quite there yet. You know, there's a lot of that going on. And what sparked me to ask you this question is because you kind of did that, but on your own, do you know what I mean? But you did it to, you were putting pressure on yourself, but society also had a big part in that. It's like, this is what I should do because if I do this, then people are going to think that I'm X, Y, Z successful, right? So if we have, I know we have a bunch of stylists and owners that are constantly working on themselves and showing up for us every Friday. What kind of advice would you give to them if they feel like maybe they're in a spot or a position where they are comparing themselves. Maybe they're in a position where they want to do something else in this business that doesn't even have to do with working behind the chair. Maybe it's being an educator, but they're not doing it because it's like, well, if I do it this way, then they're not going to think that I'm the person that I was, or I'm going to stay in this lane because this is what I think being a hairstylist is supposed to be. So what are your thoughts on that for them? I mean, that's an amazing question. And, you know, honestly, I'm still on that path of learning myself. Mm-hmm. But if I were had, like, had to give sort of an immediate response, it's kind of two-tiered where, you know, one, I had to learn that failure isn't as scary as people think it is. No. And failure is not defined by people. It's defined on what you think failure is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if someone thinks you failed in their eyes, but you're happy, who's really winning at the end of the day, you know, and if that person's content with their life, then, Hey, that's great. You know, but failure is what makes us better people. It's what makes us self-aware. It's what makes us, you know, work for what we feel we deserve at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And I was such a perfectionist that you know, I wanted to study within the years I was supposed to study. And I didn't, by the way, I took an extra year because I worked two jobs during school. But a lot of people also told me that they said, Oh, no one's going to hire you if you take an extra year. And I feared that it was failure again. But if I kept listening to every single time someone told me I was going to fail, Mm -hmm. I can assure you I would not be where I am today because I'd still be taking the safe route. And I would not be at a job that I love. I would not be working with the family that I work with. And it's because i I said, you know what, if I fail, I fail. So what? I'm going to get back up and I'm going to move forward. Um, And the second thing, you know, I would, I would say to stylists is if you can tell right away, if a place is not for you or a job is not for you, Mm -hmm. that's not going to change. Listen to your gut instinct, you know, and sometimes it could be the workplace or sometimes it could be the physical job. So if you choose to take a route that is scarier and not as quote unquote safe. Like I, I really hope that 
you move forward anyway because the end goal i promise you is much more rewarding than staying safe mm. i am fired up like that advice i'm over here like taking notes <laughs> i'm like yes because i feel like it doesn't matter what part of your career if you're just starting out if you're in the middle of the pack or you're kind of slowing down we all go through that and sometimes we allow fear mm -hmm. to lead the way and mm -hmm when you kind of just look at it as a discovery and you just kind of move, move through that fear, like your unlimited possibilities for growth will happen. So thank you so much for sharing that. I'm fired up. Absolutely. I do want to say this, right? I think what everyone is super, super excited about as well to hear from you is we live in a social media world. It has taken over. I think bigger than what we could ever imagine. I feel like it's not even slowing down. We're always adapting and evolving. But you run all of those social platforms. How did you grow the side of Instagram business? What tips do you have for other stylists to grow their IG? And then what mistakes do most hairstylists make growing their IG page? So there's a couple of questions in there. Walk us through it. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, social media is interesting because it changes, I think, like every, every three months, there's something new. Yes. And I'd be lying if I told you that I knew everything because I don't and I still don't. And I learn, I take the time to watch videos and to truly understand the algorithms and you know, what works, what doesn't. And this is very unique to everyone's page, you know, yes. but for Oligo Professional, when I started working for them, I was just, honestly, I was passionate about the brand. I really believed in the brand. And that's the number one thing that makes a great profile is when someone believes in the brand, you can tell. Like you can, you can tell when someone like believes in their business and you can tell when there's that level of confidence there. That's like, no, you guys, this is the best. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that that confidence comes with relationships. You know, when I started working at Oligo, I was like, Hey, I need a, I need a team of people to build this page. It's not just going to be me and finding the right content comes from those people, you know, like Jay, Nina, like you guys are literally, I talk to you guys every day about content. Yeah. Uh, and we work with about 45 amazing, talented artists who help me achieve the content that I believe people want to see. I wouldn't be working at all ago. My number one priority was like, you're going to know who I am and I'm going to be your friend. Like I, yes. <laughs> like, I want you to trust me so we can work together and we can together make, you know, grow a page that I want people to know more about, you know, and I think building relationships, even as a stylist, you know, is important because then you can collaborate and then you can, you know, get to know their techniques and vice versa and sort of free, like, free shared knowledge that is so important to grow our community. So that's the number one thing I did is relationships, relationships, relationships. Um, and that relationships build your, build your content. It mm -hmm. really does. Um, that's the number you one said thing. the word trust. I'm sorry to cut you off because, but I think this is no. so important that Go you ahead. said it. But you said the word, I want people to trust me. I want people to trust us in, in the, yeah. you know, in the brand and also you building it. 
that's really important. And I wanted, I wanted to point it out because stylists, owners listening, the biggest thing for you in terms of attracting new business is they have to trust you. There has to be a sense of trust through your social pages. So I'm going to, I know I just totally threw you off your whole rhythm here that oh, you were doing. Oh, I love that. Yes. But <laughs> I just want to kind of dive into that because that's one of the questions that I get. How did you, how did you uh, get the word out or what was the voice behind the page to make people feel that they could trust you? Like, how did you switch that and maneuver that from what it was before to kind of what you're doing now to make people like stylists and owners trust you to want to use your product? I think the biggest thing is, is real life examples, real life situations. You know, I really wanted the Instagram page to not necessarily look very branded. I wanted it to be a safe space for stylists to say, oh, that's what I do every day. And that's why, you know, you'll have some videos where everything's perfectly done. And then you'll have other videos where it's a bit messier, but that's not because it's planned. It's because that's how the stylist works. And yeah. I think sort of having that level of authenticity, that level of, you know, sometimes it's not the same techniques every time we truly, um, it's everyday imagery that you get at a salon. It's everyday formulas, you know, um, it's discussing color corrections to, to the new gloss series, let's say, um, you know, and being able to also just show different ways to use the products. You know, the, just the other day, you know, we, we launched our NN series and yes, it's great for like white blending, but it's also really great for that really dark shadow root that you want. And yeah. you know, being able to kind of, once again, give these creative ways that can be used every single day behind the chair is how I feel like I could connect with such a large audience. Also, you know, educating them on the fact that, you know, we're not, we don't test on animals and we try, we try our best to, to create innovative products that have pretty much like zero to none, no, like toxic chemicals in them. It's, it's our way of saying like, we care about the results of your, like the results of, your client's reaction, you know, we, we, we will rather, you know, put a product a little later on the market if it means it's done right. Yes. It means that you're getting what you need. And, you know, from an internal perspective, we ask stylists, what do you want from us? We get that. We talk to people one-on-one. -on -one. It's not just me. It's our, you know, it's the president of our company. He keeps in touch with so many of our stylists because he's like, Hey, like you're behind the chair every single day. Tell me what's up. Yes. And I think that's, I think it's outstanding. And that's how we, that's, that's how I would say we, we try to gain that trust with people. Mm, so good. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I, I just track. have to say, <laughs> yeah, I just have to say really quick that I love being with all ago and it's been such an amazing journey and I love creating magic and just being with a family run company where Elon is right there with us. He's in the trenches. He cares. He wants to know what we're doing. So I love that. I, I for the last question of this before we have a surprise at the end. Um, hey. What? Ah, what? Um, so what mistake or discovery? Discovery, because I like that word better. What discovery would you say say Silas are getting wrong, or like what discoveries are they making? when growing, trying to grow their page? I think it goes back and relates a lot to what 
you know, what I said at the beginning with failure is, yeah. is stylists can be so difficult on themselves and so hard on themselves where it's like, oh, if I don't have 5,000 followers, like I'm a failure. Or like, mm. if I don't have, you know, 10,000 followers, I'm a failure. And it could feel that way. And I, I you know, it, it's, it's warranted, you know, they feel like maybe people aren't looking at their work and people aren't liking their work, like brands, et cetera. Yeah. Um, but I want them to know that, you know, they're worthy so much more than a follower count. You know, yes. it's like, you need to run your page, like with the perspective of like, I'm the blank, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm amazing. This is my work. If you want to follow me, then follow me. But if you don't, yes. you're lost, you know, yes. and make your content authentic to you to you, not to everyone else, to you, because people will follow you for you. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) So paying attention more so, I think to, you know, of course you have to understand your audience too. So who are you sharing information to? But one of the biggest things that you said is just being authentic. Show up, be yourself. If you're quirky, do it up. If you're weird, do it up. If you, you know, however your personality is, that has to shine through because really people want to do business with people they know, love, and trust. And in order for that to happen, they have to know you, they have to start to love you, and they have to trust you. And those things only come when you show up as yourself and you show your mistakes and, or your discoveries, like Jay likes to say, or, you know, you are not always showing up to be perfect. And I think Instagram is changing in that way where we are starting out and everything doesn't have to be so curated all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, we went through this, like everything was on a white background. Then we went through everything was on a black background. Then it was lifestyle shots where we blur out the back. And then it was like outside by a tree, you know, months. change it up. (laughs) We went through this cycle on Instagram where everything had to be perfect. Now it's like, not that who cares, because you still have to have a cohesive feel and vibe to your page, but everything doesn't have to be so perfect all the time. So I think if there would be one tip that you could leave them with in terms of like getting them excited about really growing their page, not growing their followers, actually growing their page in terms of getting real clients from it, what would be that one, that one tip? I would, I think I would tell them to focus on their specialty. Mm. You know, stylists tend to do everything from A to Z, but they probably only really like to do the C part. You know, like, let's just say some people love to cut hair and they actually hate coloring, but they're going to do it. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I would focus your page on what you're passionate about. It's like your escape. It's like your it's your escape to share the knowledge of what you obsess over, what you love. And you'll notice how many people are obsessing over the exact same things. Like, nice. you know, if people, sometimes I follow accounts and people are like, why do you follow this account? I'm like, cause they understand like my humor, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of people are probably like, that's a weird type of humor. And I'm like, I think it's hilarious. Like before I go to bed, I'm just like reading these comics and it's like, they're dinosaurs and they're like talking to each other. And everyone's like, Christina, like, what? I'm like, trust me, this person gets me, <laughs> like, you know? And I think when it comes to your page it has to be the same thing. Like at 10 o'clock at night, do you want to post about something you don't care about? Absolutely not. But wow. when you post about something you care about, you kind of get excited and 
they start writing like all these fun educational things and you see who likes it and mm -hmm. you know it brings you a different kind of like personal fuel you know because you feel like whoever's reading it is learning from a person who's passionate and they're and, you know and it feels like you're giving sort of that equal amount of passion to someone yes Woo, let's go. Get your notebooks out. You better reread this a week from now when you need some motivation. I'm going to give it just a little bit. Thank you so much, Christina. But there is one thing that me and Nina love to do at the end of our podcast, and it's called Rapid Fire Questions. So, are you ready? What's going to happen? Here's the rules of engagement. I'm going to place a one minute timer on my phone and Nina will be asking you random questions that you have no idea what she's going to ask. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> so this is just a light way for us to get to know you more and let me know when you both are ready. I mean, quick. I mean, let's just do it. <laughs> well, don't worry. It's, I'm going to start. The, I'm going to start the yeah, I'll be quick and seamless. So I'm about to start the one minute timer. Are y'all ready? Yeah. One, two, slay. What color is your toothbrush? Uh, white. If you could be any animal, what would it be? Um, I want to be a bird. <laughs> okay. What is your favorite summer activity? Ooh, uh, tanning. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a morning or a night person? I'm a night person, 100%. <laughs> what is the strangest thing you've ever eaten? Ooh, uh, like jellyfish things in Thailand. Yes. <gasps> oh my goodness. What is your biggest obsession? Maybe like TV or anything like that. What's your biggest obsession? Um, okay, so like Lilo and Stitch? <laughs> yes! <laughs> I love it. What is your least favorite beverage? Um, anything with tequila. <laughs> <laughs> so, last question. Okay, if you could be a car, what kind of car would you be? Oh my goodness, um, I feel like I'd be a Honda Civic. <laughs> I don't know why. Yes! <laughs> they it. last forever, honey. They last forever, and it's like, I don't know, like they're, I don't know, I don't know why. Yes, they, they crack a thousand miles. They, let's go. Yep. I actually like I, the summer question. I should have said like something like brunch on a terrace or something. Or, <laughs> like I don't know, tanning. I do. You know what though? I'm like I'm such. I love that. It's so relaxing for me just to be in the sun. I love mm -hmm. that. So I don't take that. That was so yes. funny. I love it. And she wants to be a bird, which I'll take. Yes, you could fly. I would love to fly. <laughs> just like oh fly God. away from people when like you're like mm -mm, I'm not taking this and just like fly off. Oh yes. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Let's go. Well, this has been so awesome. I mean, obviously Jay and I talk to you and I mean, we wish we could see you more than we do, but we talk to you as often as we can, but it's been really cool just learning more about your story and your journey through the business and kind of how you ended up at Oligo and really what you're doing. I mean, Jay and I know how hard you work and how committed you are to the Oligo fam and that you love being there, obviously, because it is an incredible family and I'm truly honored to be a part of it. So it's been awesome just to get to know you over this past year, um, but also just cool to just 
chat with you and learn more about your education and your story and your creative mind and all of that. So why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on Instagram? Oh, okay. Um, so <laughs> I like live, breathe oligo. <laughs> I take care of the oligo pro page guys way more than I take care of my own butt. Um, it is Chrissy with a C H R I S S Y and then this. So V as in Victor I S shout out to Victor. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's at Chrissy Viss and that's my personal page. And yeah, thank you guys so much. I mean, it's always such a pleasure to work with both of you. It doesn't even, it's not even work, honestly. Like we just, I just love ch chatting with you and calling you guys up and brainstorming and all that fun stuff. Yeah. But um, this is, this was fun. So thank you guys so much. And for everyone's listening, you know, if ever you have questions, I'm, I'm very, I'm very extroverted. So. Yes. <laughs> yes. Communicate. So if you have questions about Oligo, if you have questions about their product, if you have questions about their color, you are going to DM Oligo and you're going to follow them at Oligo Pro on Instagram. And Christina is going to be the one who's going to be answering all of your DMs. So make sure that you guys do that. Thank you so much, girl, for tuning in and just sharing your story. Always love chatting with you. And of course, make sure that you follow my best guy at it's Mr. J Ladner and myself at Nina Tulio. And thank you guys so much for joining us every single Friday. If you learn anything from listening to us today, please know that it is okay to live in your truth and remember to always live your life out loud. See you next time. Bye.